Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? This is the 30th episode of What is a Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And I wanted to start off real quick, right up top, with a little bit of a story. Because I feel like this story has had an effect on me for the whole week. So it's currently Saturday as I'm recording. And this happened about on Monday. I'm riding BART, Bay Area Rapid Transit. I live in the Bay Area. And I was going, um, you know, pretty far on BART. I won't tell you exactly where I was going because I don't want you to find me. But I was going pretty far. It was about a 45-minute BART ride. So it was a pretty decent trip. And I got to the station feeling good. And I see a bunch of kids at the station. I see like 50 kids like from two different groups. And they were both going on field trips probably to the same place. But I see about 50 kids, and I'm devastated. I am horrified. I did not want this to happen on my train ride because I just wanted to go to work. I wanted to, you know, listen to some music, and I wanted to read a book, and I just wanted to have a good time. And usually at the time that I go on the train and the place that I go, the the train is not very full. You have a whole row of seats to yourself. You can relax. You can just enjoy the scenery and go on your merry way. But that wasn't going to be the case today. At least it wasn't the case for me. I get to the station. I'm hoping that all these kids are not on my train. They're like high school kids. And I'm like, please, please just get on another train. Get on the Richmond train. Get on the the Fremont train, get on the San Francisco train, just don't get onto my train, you know, just don't go where I'm going. But of course, they're going where I'm going. And they stayed on the train for probably, you know, most of my ride, I think they got off a stop before I got off. So they were on my ride pretty much the whole way. And I was, you know, I wasn't Please, to say the least, I'm not going to hate on kids because they're kids and they weren't technically doing anything wrong. There were just so many of them. And, you know, they're being loud and they're being boisterous and they have the fucking chaperones. And I've been a chaperone. Being a chaperone is horrible. I hate that bullshit. I like the kids, but I don't like being a chaperone per se, because being a chaperone is a whole nother set of responsibility. And those people are stressed out out when they're taking those kids on field trips. I've done that before. I'll probably do it again. And it's fun, but there's like those like crucial checkpoints where you need to have all 50 wherever of those kids and you have to make sure they're all in line that none of them ran off. Those people are like, they deserve like Nobel fucking peace prizes. But these kids are loud, they're boisterous, they're being kids and they're on my train. And I'm thinking, and this is like a sort of problematic thought, but I was thinking, would I rather be cramped on the train with a bunch of kids or would I rather have someone who is visibly on drugs on the train? Just one, just one person on drugs on the train. And in that moment, I thought I'd rather have that person on drugs on the train because at least they'll have a lot of space. That's what I thought. And that's probably a little bit problematic to some of them. And I, I apologize. I, I already apologize for that thought. I'm not proud of it. I had a bad thought. But as I thought that and I came to that conclusion, someone who was probably on drugs, I don't know for sure, but someone who was probably on drugs busts through onto the, the car that I'm in. Because on BART, if you you know want to go from one car to another... There's like a pair of doors they have to go through and you can easily transfer over to a different car on the train. So someone comes in and he's probably on drugs. Either that or he's going through a horrible situation. He's yelling. He's, you know, cursing. He's not acting appropriately at all because he didn't recognize that the majority of people on the train were part of like a high school and they were, you know, trying to have fun on a field trip And he didn't give a fuck about any of those people. So he was just yelling and yelling and yelling. He was, you know, to himself, he was 
something wrong happened to him. He was upset about something. I don't know exactly what he was upset about because I had my headphones in. I was trying to listen to, you know, some some of the new Da Baby, some of that new um I don't know who else came out recently, but some of that new Da Baby to try and drown out some of these kids. But he comes in, he's yelling and everyone else falls silent. Everyone else falls silent and everyone is like scared and everyone who wasn't a part of this field trip is like yo dude there's kids on here you can't be acting like that around these kids and i don't know where those kids were from i don't know if they were from you know um a more sheltered area or if they take bart all the time but i don't know how well those kids would have fared if there was no chaperones if there were no adults how they would have reacted but because there was adults, I think the adults just told the kids to, you know, be fucking quiet and hope this guy gets off. But people were legitimately scared for these kids' safety. And in that moment, I realized that I probably said something fucked up or I probably thought something fucked up when I was doing this whole would I rather have a drug addict or a bunch of kids on my on the train. And he's just, you know, yelling to himself. He's, you know, banging on the door. He gets off a few stops later. But... He he was terrifying, especially to these chaperones. I've been a chaperone in a very similar situation where someone who was like, I don't know if they were on drugs. Again, I don't want to assume. But he was like talking to the kids I was chaperoning on a BART train. And I was like, bro, we're trying to go home. Please don't talk to the kids. Like, we don't know you. You're trying to, you know, do weird things to them. We don't want you. And then we had to, you know, yell at this probably homeless man i hope he's doing okay i hope he's doing better but it happened and those i know those chaperones were like scared shitless and then a couple stops later we the my train stops it stops at one of the stations and it doesn't move like it stays at the station for like an unusual amount of time and when it stops like three cops come to the car they come to the car, they start questioning people. And usually when like cops come, it's like to check for IDs or whatever, or check for tickets to make sure no one's like stealing. But at this time, they were, they, someone called those cops and they couldn't react until a few stops later. So I imagine that someone called a cop at, let's say, let's say West Oakland. Let's say West Oakland, they called a cop. Right. If they called a cop at West Oakland, the cops didn't get to the train until we got to San Leandro. Those are those are just, you know, two stations. If you're not familiar, those are two cities, two stations. They're kind of close to each other. But it took them several stops to track down the train to get to the exact car and find out what's going on. And I don't know who called the cops. I don't know if it was the driver of the train. I don't know if it was someone on the car. Again, I have my headphones in. But I was like, this was not a like a the most optimal system. Like having a police force in like a train station is not the most optimal for shit that happens on a train. Because by the time the cops got there, the dude had already left. He had left like two stations before. So then the cops get there, they question people, and we don't know this guy's name. We don't know anything. We just know that he was yelling, having a bad time, and then he left. And then you came, but what the fuck are you going to do now? Everyone is all right. But it was like, you know, I tell that story because like we all have probably problematic thoughts, I think. And I thought think that my thought was a, probably a little bit problematic in some ways. I mean, and people make jokes about like people on drugs, on trains a lot. But I was like, man, I hate these kids so much right now. And I don't really hate them. I just hated that we were cramped in this situation. I don't really hate those individual kids. I don't know them. And I work with kids. I don't hate kids. But I was like, I value my personal space so much right now that I'd rather have someone who's just a singular person who may be acting a little weird rather than a bunch of kids being kids. And you know... Sometimes it's not about me. That BART train was for the kids. That BART train 
was for the kids to go to wherever field trip there was. At that moment, that BART train wasn't about me. I was being selfish. Most of the time, that BART train or whatever subway system you go to, the train is about you. When you think about the train you're getting on, the bus you're getting on, it's mostly about you. And everyone else is thinking that the train is about them. And they're only focused on that destination. But in a situation where there's lots of kids and there's lots of people going around, sometimes the train isn't about you. That train was for the kids that day. And thoughts like mine, maybe there was some higher power, some external force that was like, hey, stop thinking that stupid shit. I'm going to send someone in here just to show you how scary a situation like that could be for some people. And I realized that not everything is about me. Not everything is, you know, for my benefit. I just have to roll with it sometimes. And I think that's a good lesson that not everything is about you. Um, But anyway, speaking of problematic and woke culture, I didn't really talk about woke culture, but speaking of being problematic, there's a new movie that's been getting a lot of buzz called The Joker. And it's about the Joker from the Batman series. I'm sure you know about it. If you don't know about it, there's a movie called The Joker. And the director of The Joker is kind of like telling on himself. I haven't seen the movie yet. I'll probably see it. I'm probably, but I don't know if I'm going to see it. But the director of the movie, Todd Phillips, I guess used to direct comedies. He did The Hangover and he did The Other Hangover and he did The Other Hangover. Um, I think he did Borat as well. I'm not sure about that. Don't fact check me on that. But I know he did The Hangovers. And he's gone on the record recently as being like sort of anti-PC culture or sort of like comedy is dead when everyone gets canceled. And in this, you know, call out cancel culture, you know, it's hard to do jokes in 2019. That's his whole stance. He can't do jokes anymore because people are going to, you know, skewer him just for telling jokes. And I've talked about, you know, cancel culture and my problems with cancel culture. But I think I've been pretty clear if you've um, been listening, and I don't know how many people are consistently listening, but I think I've been pretty clear that I think that everything should be dealt with on a case-by-case basis. I don't think we should blanketly use the same standards to cancel everyone. But I feel like if you're so fragile in your comedy, if you consider yourself a comedian, like a professional comedian or someone who works in comedy and you are proud of your comedy and you do comedy for a living... It's weird to me that you'd be so like, you'd be so willing to give up on comedy or you'd be so willing to just say comedy sucks, even though that's something that you've done for a good part of your life. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I'm not a stand up comedian. I tell jokes sometimes on the Internet, but I have never claimed to be a comedian, at least not yet. We'll see what happens In like five years. Maybe I'll be bold enough to call myself a comedian then. But I feel like if times are changing, like everything has to evolve. Like, and I've only seen like half of one of the Hangover movies, but I know in one of the Hangover movies, I think the first one, they like say the F word that refers to um, the LGBTQ community, the one that, you know, is pretty much standard that we cannot say anymore like we are not supposed to say that word it's offensive people don't like it you know we shouldn't be you know demonizing or putting down other people and i'm pretty sure that they say that word the f word with the two g's in it i'm pretty sure they say that word in one of the hangover movies and you know that's not gonna fly now um, I saw Eddie Murphy apologize for his old stand-up special where he said that word. And I'm just going to say, I fucking called that the last podcast episode. But I feel like with comedy in, in particular, like comedy and like stand-up comedy and like writing jokes, like it takes a lot of workshopping, right? Like 
when you write jokes, when you're writing a stand-up routine, like you have to, you know, make sure the jokes are timed right. You have to make sure they're actually funny. A lot of times you have to practice in front of an actual audience. You have to bomb a little bit. You have to, you know, go through the motions. You have to work out a routine until it's to the point where you want it to be. And I'm sure for most comics out there, they have an idea for a joke. There's a joke in the rough somewhere and it takes a lot of chipping away it takes a lot of work to actually find the joke and i know even for me as someone who is not a comedian like i'll see funny things i'll make a funny observation but i can't tell the joke right away like i can't tweet out the joke right away i take it takes time to make sure you know it's actually funny make sure that it's not problematic make sure that something that is actually you know has some truth for to it, make sure that the grammar is correct, make sure that the timing is correct, make sure that all those things are correct before I can tweet something out. If I'm specifically tweeting a joke, that is. Like if it's something like, oh, I'm at McDonald's eating barbecue sauce with a fucking spoon, like I can just tweet that out, no one cares. But if it's something that I actually want to, you know, take time on and make sure that people actually can see the humor and people can actually laugh, it takes time to workshop. And that's like setting aside any notion that it could be problematic. But now, if we're in a time where people aren't standing for the same things anymore, if we're not here for you saying the F word with two Gs, if we're not here for you know the racist jokes and we're not here for that anymore, the homophobic jokes, Like, wouldn't you just have to work harder to make sure that those things aren't in your act anymore? Like, wouldn't you just have to workshop a little bit more or a little bit differently? Wouldn't you have to evolve with the times? Like, I feel like if you wanted to consider yourself a good comedian, if you wanted to say you are a master at this craft, if you have perfected this art form, if you consider yourself an artist with this, I would assume that you would be able to adapt to new things and you would be able to just, you know, go with the punches and you'd workshop your jokes a little differently to make sure that they still hit for a modern day audience. Like not everything is funny forever. Some things are only funny in a specific context or a specific time period. So if you go like if you go watch a good example is Friends, I think. Friends is, you know, is ran its course and now it's, you know, being shown as reruns only. And I think Friends was great for its time, but now people are looking back on it and thinking like, wait, this wasn't as funny as I remember it being. Not Like sometimes, you know, comedy has a half-life or like a shelf life, and that's okay. If it's funny for the time, that's okay. Like a lot of the comedies back in the day use the N-word with the E-R. They use all these things. Like Breakfast and Tiffany had like white people dressing up as Asian people. And that worked in a time when people made fun of Asian people all the time. But we don't make fun of Asian people. We don't do that anymore. We know that's wrong. We know that Asian people should not be made fun of. Minorities should not be made fun of. We should just, you know, accept everyone and love everyone for who they are and recognize that we are all different and that we need to work together and come together. We know that now. We don't have at least, I shouldn't say we don't have a Breakfast at Tiffany situation anymore because there are still white people playing traditionally Asian roles, but we don't have it in the same way where they're like literally being like yellow face and stuff, right? And I, it's, you know, changing with the times, realizing that that stuff is not funny anymore. And when we look back on it, we think that was bad. We do not do these things anymore. We don't want to do those things anymore. We recognize our mistakes. We're sorry for thinking that was funny. This isn't funny anymore. And people still watch shit like Breakfast at Tiffany's and admire how good it is. But they say that, yeah, this part of Breakfast and Tiffany's is really, 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 really bad. And we are not proud of that part. But there is some merit to it. 
I don't remember anything about Breakfast at Tiffany's when I saw it, other than it's the racist part. So, um, I don't know exactly how good that fucking movie is. But that's just an example. Like, things change with the times. And if you can't change with the times, if you're okay with being left behind, then I I guess. But I feel like if you're an artist, you wouldn't want to do that. You know, I'm speaking as a little bit of an outsider looking in. I'm not, you know, in that space. But I feel like if you wanted to be good, you would just workshop a little differently. If you're already being a comedian and you already know how to workshop, just workshop, but with different goals in mind. And recognize that if people aren't here for your jokes, if you're getting canceled for a joke... Like, if multiple people are, then, like, maybe do some introspection and think about what you said that was bad or why people didn't like that. Or how can I tell this differently so that my intent comes across? Maybe your intent is pure, but your words are not pure. Maybe you need to clean that stuff up a little bit. And if you can't do that, if you're not willing to do that or if you can't do that, you're kind of telling on yourself, are you not? You're kind of snitching on yourself. You're kind of giving away that the only way I can be funny is to go with those low blows. It's to go with those below the belt glows. I meant to say blows again, but my fucking throat started to stop working. But we're back now. Um, but yeah, I feel like you're telling yourself. If you're like, I can only be funny if I'm racist and homophobic, like if that's essentially what you're saying, like, do you not realize that's what you're saying? I can only be funny if I'm racist and homophobic is like pretty much what you're saying. Cause that's not what Eddie Murphy did. Eddie Murphy said, look, that shit was bad. I wouldn't do that today. I'm sorry. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better comedian and I want to move on from this. I'm sorry for all that stuff that I did. And he moved on. And people were like, you shouldn't apologize. Of course he should have apologized. I said this in my last episode. Of course he should have apologized because that's one of the biggest stand-up specials of all fucking time. And people are going to still watch it all the fucking time. Of course he should have apologized for that. And good on him for doing that. Yeah, I just feel like when people say that sometimes... And I'm not saying cancel the director of The Joker... Because I don't know if he actually is, you know, rampaging and being problematic still. But I do think that you're kind of telling on yourself when you say, I can't adapt to the times. I'm still going to be problematic. And I'm not going to try to be not problematic. But I heard the Joker is good. So maybe I'll see it. Like, I was also thinking it's like, it's kind of like, a little bit ruining the movie. Like you're going on record kind of making a fuss about cancel culture and people are like, Jesus Christ, stop complaining. I don't even want want to watch your movie anymore. But I heard it was good, so maybe I'll give it a shot. We'll see. But anyway, I wanted to take a little bit of time if you are watching this on YouTube I'm sorry for not posting many YouTube videos. I'll get back to it soon. (laughs) Oh, wow. I just, wow. But sorry about that. But yeah, just a lot of things are going on and I'm working on it and eventually we'll be back. But I wanted to start like, I've been thinking about starting like a new YouTube channel and a new podcast. Like I want to, I've mentioned this a little bit before, but I want to do like a Love Island recap podcast. Like maybe something weekly, but that would take some time and I have to set up a new feed and I could do all that. But Love Island Australia is coming back. Then we have Love Island UK coming in the winter. Then we have Love Island USA coming later next year. And then another Love Island UK. I would want to do that because I just like Love Island. And if I talk about Love Island on here, I can only do it very generally Whereas if I talk about Love Island on a Love Island podcast, I can go really deep into all the the people that are on the show. 
and I wanted to start a new YouTube channel, which is kind of like a book club thing with like any book I feel like talking about and like going over and reviewing and things like that. Kind of separate from my other YouTube channel because on my current YouTube channel, I kind of just do whatever I want. And I wanted to make another one separate for like books and reading and things. Um, But we'll see. That's going to take a lot of work. And I think the book idea... I mean, the idea of a book club is not new, but I feel like that book idea is going to have to take a little bit of a of a back burner until I have more time to actually film videos and have more time to actually read books. Um, I'm reading two books right now, but when I have more time to actually read books and like kind of go over them in more detail, I would want to put that on the back burner. But those are some ideas I have. Um, but anyway, yeah, just, just, that's just an update. Anyway, I went 25 minutes without realizing that I haven't mentioned my 25th birthday. I'm turning 25 in eight days from the time of recording, which is exciting. And I feel like 25 is like that year where it's like, okay, I need to start actually making something with my life. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not like a failure. I'm not like a tragedy or anything. But it's like, okay, now it's time to really get, you know, my gears in motion. I really have to, you know, put my, my nose to the grind and start, you know, making something out of this thing that I have life. I feel like 25 is the year where I really have to grind and go like sort of all gas and no brakes on this because you know in a blink of an eye I'll be 30 in a blink of an eye I'll be 45 in another blink of an eye I'll be 68 in another blink of an eye I'll be 87 and you know you only have a finite amount of time and I want to enjoy 25 I want to have fun in 25 and I want to have fun for the rest of my 20s but I'm officially mid-20s officially mid-20s which is wild and i realize i understand why people have quarter life crises now because like what am i doing what am i doing what am i doing am i successful am i not successful why am i not successful what the fuck is even success i don't know should i be married and kids by now i have people who are close to me who are married and have kids and i am not married and i have no kids am i a failure i don't know like that type of stuff is about to come up for me but it's exciting um, I'm going to have, you know, a pretty muted birthday. I'm not too big on like birthday parties. I'm not too big on like painting the town red. If you are big on that, that's good for you. It's just not my thing. I'm a little more, I'm a little more reserved. I don't need you to celebrate me. I want to celebrate me, but you, all I ask from you is to send me a happy birthday message. If you remember if you remember, you send me a text or a tweet or a or a DM or a Facebook wall post saying happy birthday. That's cool with me. That's all I really want. That all it is is that you you acknowledged my birthday. That's all I care about. I don't need a party. I don't need a dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. All I want is just a little recognition and time to myself. And I think that's what I'm going to get, which is fun. My birthday is on a Sunday this year, which is like perfect for how I like to celebrate my birthday. I just can relax, maybe watch some sports, maybe go to brunch, maybe buy myself something nice and be good to go. But I am a Libra. It's Libra season and I'm not a big believer in the Zodiac. I'm not saying that it's fake or wrong. I just I don't know. I haven't done too much of the research. The only research I've done is on my own sign, is on Libra. And I haven't even gone deep into that. But I feel like being a Libra is cool because even though I don't know so much about, you know, zodiac signs, I don't know anything about astrology, what I do know is that a lot of people like Libras. Not everybody, but a lot of people like Libras. And because a lot of people like Libras, like they're, you know, gravitated towards me and I can make more friends that way. I don't know exactly why they like Libras or if it's just something that people can't explain. Maybe only the sun, the moon and the stars can explain and they just like Libras. I don't know. 
But it's cool to be a Libra, but this whole like Libra season like discourse, like I have, I only heard this recently or saw this recently, like on Twitter and stuff. When like every season is now Capricorn season, Scorpio season, Sagittarius season, all these seasons. Am I supposed to feel different during my season? Am I supposed to feel like better or worse during Libra season? Like, do is the energy different? Because I feel the same. Are you supposed to have different energy during different seasons? Or maybe is it because my sign is in season that I don't feel anything because this is my natural state? My natural state is Libra season. Is that what that is? I don't know. But it's cool being a Libra and it's cool being born in October because people really like October. You know, they like the sports, like every fucking sport is pretty much going on outside of like the Olympics. Like we have women's soccer, we have baseball playoffs, we have the NFL in like the middle of the season, we have NBA preseason, we have hockey starting, we have Canadian football, we have pretty much every sport except for like men's soccer in America. But even then, there's international soccer that you can that you can watch and enjoy. So all the sports were in full swing, you know. Halloween, if you're into Halloween, I was born in October. I'm not really into the whole Halloween thing. Halloween is actually in Scorpio season, so that might explain it. I don't fucking know. But Halloween is like too spooky and I'm not a spooky person. I'm, you know, just a relaxed, laid back person. I don't want to force the fake spookiness on people. But... I mean, it's okay. I don't hate Halloween. It's just not my favorite holiday. I like the weather of October and like the beginning of fall. You get to wear your nice jackets. You get to do all that stuff. Yeah, October is great, man. October is one of the best months, if not the best month. And my birthday is in it. And people like Libras. So I have to burp. (coughs) Excuse me. So yeah, I can't complain. It's It's a good time right now. Um, but yeah, speaking of MLB playoffs or sports in general, but MLB playoffs, it's my favorite time of year and I can't even really watch a lot of shit because I'm at work, but I managed to catch, catch a few games and I downloaded ESPN so I can get the updates on some of the games or I downloaded the ESPN app, I should say. Um, and you know, it's been pretty good. Like the MLB playoffs have done something really cool in the past few years which is like this wild card playoff game, which is basically two game sevens at the beginning of the playoffs. And then you have the rest of the exciting playoffs. And I'm a Giants fan. The Giants are not in the playoffs. And it's kind of relaxing. I don't have to root for anybody. I just can watch some some good sports. But I feel like the wild card games are just like a really great addition to baseball. And I hope they don't take them away. But some people don't like wild card games because it's not really fair. It's not fair to have a one game playoff and it should be probably more like a series. But to be honest, if you think about it, the idea of playoffs is not fair. Like having a regular season and then having, say in basketball, for example, the number one team plays the number eight team. And if the number eight team beats the number one team, how is that fair? The number one team played better throughout the whole season only to get beat by a worse team. Yes, they probably should have played better in the playoffs. But if we were talking about fairness, we wouldn't even have playoffs. Playoffs are to make things more exciting and to actually give you like a neck and neck competition. Like if the Yankees run away with the division and then they just win with no playoffs, there's no excitement for the season. We need playoffs to create excitement for the season and see who's going to play who. But playoffs have never been fair. Like the idea of playoffs is just for entertainment. It's not about fairness at all. So the fact that a wild card playoff game is unfair is perfectly fine with me. Is one game, show your shit. If you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. And if you lose, you go home. 
playoffs. It's fun. And you get a game seven atmosphere right after the season ends. Like in basketball, I like basketball, but the playoffs in basketball take four fucking ever to get to the finals and to get to some actual exciting games. So to have like an exciting game right off the bat, I think it's perfect. I think it's perfectly okay. But yeah, the playoffs are good. There's been a lot of good pitching, a lot of home runs being hit. Very clear evidence that the balls are being juiced. And you know, I was thinking like earlier in the baseball season, we all know that the ball is juiced. We all know that it's a different baseball than what's been used in the past. And if you don't like baseball, I'm sorry that you don't follow this right now. But we all know that the ball is different and that more home runs are being hit this year than they've been hit in previous years. We all can see that the balls are just flying out of the park. But aside from Pete Alonso setting a rookie record for home runs, people haven't hit an extraordinary amount of home. We haven't had like a Barry Bonds type year. We haven't had anything like that. 50 home runs is a great achievement, but it's not anything we haven't seen before. No one's hit an extraordinary amount of home runs, but more home runs are being hit. And I'm a Giants fan. We haven't had Barry Bonds for a decade, and we struggle to hit 20 home runs. We got a couple guys who hit 20 home runs this year. But what's happening exactly? Is it that the people who normally hit home runs and maybe don't hit for average as much are hitting at the same rate, but the people who typically hit for average are now hitting like five more home runs a year. Is that what's happening? That's the only explanation I can come up with because like the power hitters are still putting up power numbers, but it's nothing unusual. But the amount of home runs in total is something unusual. It's something that we haven't seen. It's a record-breaking thing. We've had more home runs than ever. So it must be the little guys, the people who aren't power hitters, hitting like anywhere from two to five more home runs than they usually would, setting career highs in their own right. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's, it's affecting the game. The home runs are affecting the game, but it doesn't seem like it's affecting individual performance that much. Like the home runs being hit are not by the home run hitters. The home runs that are an anomaly are like the Juan Pierre types, it seems like. But hey, if you can hit a home run in a Major League Baseball park off a Major League Baseball pitcher, more power to you. I am not mad at you. Get your home runs. Get your contract extension. Get your endorsement deals. Get your, you know, your brand new Mizuno cleats. And just just rock with it. I'm happy for you. If you can hit 15 home runs instead of 12, who am I to hate? I'm not going to hate. Keep doing you. Um, but anyway, I want to talk about Big Baller Brand very briefly. Because I think Big Baller Brand is shutting down um, and Leangelo Ball and LaMelo Ball, I think, are not signing with the company anymore. They're going to sign or LaMelo is going to sign like Nike, like a Nike deal or something and not a big baller brand deal. And like Nike is scouting LaMelo Ball. And if big baller brand folds, if big baller brand is no more, I think I'm in a little bit of a predicament. Because I bought some big baller brand shoes. I bought them for jokes. I bought them for a YouTube video. But I have them. I have them. They have only been worn for like two seconds. They're in pretty good condition. I have them. And they're the Leangelos. They're the Leangelo Ball, who is my favorite ball brother. But he is not the most popular ball brother. I have his shoes. But a big baller brand folds... I think I have a collector's item on my hands. I think, I think I can't get rid of my Leangelos. And I don't think I can wear them. Because when I got them, I was like, okay, I can use these for like walking shoes, running shoes. I don't necessarily want to wear them 
for fashion purposes, but I like Leangelo Ball for reasons that I don't even know, and I want to, you know, have some jokes with this and be be fine with it, but if Big Baller Brand is no more, these are limited edition shoes. These are something that an actual sneakerhead might pay a lot of money for. And if I have these like precious valuables on my hands, I don't think I can wear them. I think I have to hold on to them until I can flip them for something. And I've never been in that situation before. I've never had something of value in that way. I've never had something that collectors wanted. I mean, I've had like Pokemon cards and like shit like that, but nothing that people really wanted to buy. Nothing that people really wanted as a collector's item. And I might have that with my Leangelos. I might have a collector's item for the sneakerheads looking for a rare pair of shoes. Because if this whole thing goes down the tubes and there's no more big baller brand shoes then we're looking at limited quantity sneakers and i have a pair and if you want some dm me and we can discuss logistics we can uh negotiate some prices um but that's all i want to say on that is that i might be rich off a big baller brand um but yeah i wanted to talk a little bit about donald j trump because the impeachment is happening and Donald Trump is acting crazy on Twitter. You know, it's it's crazy that Donald Trump can just tweet out memes as the president. Like, why does America have a meme for a president? Yes, he's bad and racist and all these other things. But we have a meme president. We have a president who actively loves memes. We have a president who tweets out memes, who tweets out funny videos. He's basically a Twitter comedian. Donald Trump is like literally like a Twitter comedian from like 2011 on black Twitter. That's what Donald Trump is basically. And he's just wilding out on Twitter and it's like, why do we have this? Like, why is he the president? Why did we elect a meme? Why did we elect a joke as a president? It's so crazy to me that we did that. I didn't do that. I didn't vote for that dude. But we as Americans in total, we voted a a fucking clown into office. Like a literal clown. I mean, clown is an insult in some cases, yes. But a literal clown. Donald Trump is actually a clown. And he's the president. We have a clown for a president. America is a meme. It's so crazy to me that that's what the country has become right now. Say what you want about Obama. Say you love Obama, you hate Obama. Obama wasn't a joke. Obama wasn't like some sort of like circus act. Obama wasn't yelling on the internet. Like, and I realize there's more important things than the internet, But when your president is acting out and the whole world can see your tweets and we're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It's it's crazy. And we have the impeachments going on or the impeachment like inquiry. I think they're like thinking about impeachment. And I think Donald Trump might be the only president who is probably eligible to be impeached from the second he took office. Because right now they're impeaching him over like foreign interference and like illegal things with the Ukraine and election interference and being overall just an immoral president. And they finally had the impeach, you know, card played on the table after burp again. Excuse me. And we finally have that. But we've been saying from the beginning that Russia helped him become president. So if Russia did help him become president, then he should have been impeached from the jump. Like, have have we had presidents that have been eligible for impeachment from the jump? From the minute they swore in to the president, had the inauguration, from that moment, has anyone ever been, like, so impeachable? Like, it's honestly kind of crazy that it took this long to impeach him. Because I feel like he's done so many things that are impeachable. 
I'm not a political expert, and I'm not sure what warrants impeachment exactly, but I feel like Donald Trump has done things that have warranted impeachment since 2017. And we're just now through all the the legal mumbo jumbo that we were able to do it now. But it's just like, fuck, man. It's so, it's so, like, Donald Trump is so funny, like, legitimately. Like, he's legitimately a comical person. But you can't laugh too hard at Donald Trump because you know that he's running the country. You know that he can literally, like, press nuclear buttons and bomb people. You know that he can just sign a couple papers and ruin your life. You know that. So it's like you can't laugh too hard. But some of the stuff that he says is actually funny. He tweeted a fucking Nickelback meme. Who does that? Who who tweets Nickelback memes? You know who tweets Nickelback memes? People who were born in 1996 who still aren't over the cancellation of Vine. That's who tweets Nickelback memes. And the president of the United States, fucking 75 whatever old president of the United States tweeted a fucking Nickelback meme. I cannot believe it. And I know he's not making all of them himself. So he has someone making memes for him. But I imagine he has to approve it. Like someone has to be putting a meme on his table. Like along with his daily briefing, he's getting his daily meme. If he likes the meme, he tweets it out. If he doesn't like the meme, he just tweets presidential harassment in all caps. Who does that? What president has ever said the word presidential harassment what president has gone on record saying presidential harassment presidents don't do that shit it's so bananas that we have this guy this fucking nincompoop as president like it would be better america would be so much better right now if donald trump was just a figurehead and we had someone else behind the scenes actually doing stuff But Donald Trump is not a figurehead, and that's why it's not as funny as it could be. It is funny. We can make jokes about Donald Trump all day, and people dunk on Donald Trump all day. But we know that that dude has, like, the codes. We know that that dude has a lot of power. So it's like, ha-ha, you're an idiot, but please don't fuck up the entire world, literally. (laughs) Please don't. Um... But also, Bernie Sanders. Prayers up for Bernie Sanders. Um, I'm not sure who I'm voting for. I don't know if I'm going to go Sanders. I don't know if I'm going to go Warren. I don't know if I'm going to go Julian Castro. I don't know who I'm going to go for. But shout out to Bernie Sanders. Um, I think Bernie Sanders has gotten a lot of young people into politics like he's gotten a lot of young people like actually caring about this shit. So have the other candidates also. So has Andrew Yang to his credit. Although I think Andrew Yang in some aspects is kind of ridiculous. He has gotten a lot of young people on his side and have got a lot of young people like interested in politics. You know, Elizabeth Warren has as well. But Bernie Sanders, I feel like Going dating back to last year, dating or dating back to last election, he's really gotten a lot of people my age, a lot of young people, a lot of first time voters, like really into the politics and really into some important shit. So I want to shout out Bernie Sanders. He had a heart attack, but he's still going. And it just, I guess it shows like how hard campaigning is, like being president. I can never be president. I don't have the the self confidence to be president. Like I can't say I should run the country. I might say I should run this business meeting, but I would never say I should run the entire United States with 300 million people and counting. But if you can do that, then good for you. And I think if you can make people believe in you, you deserve some sort of credit. You can also say that if you're good at making people believe in you, then you might be some sinister, evil, slimy snake person. But... You deserve a shout out. And Bernie Sanders has, you know, he's done a lot of good in his life. You don't have to like everything he says or does, but he's done a lot of 
good in his life. And I think that, you know, prayers up for Bernie Sanders. Hope he he makes it through this whole campaign, whether he wins or loses. I just hope that man is okay. He's an adorable man. He's just a little old man who wants to be president. That's the cutest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, but I, I don't want to get away from politics. I don't always like to get too political. And I feel like my political analysis is a little bit like my sports analysis, which is like I kind of know everything, but I also know nothing. Like I was watching an interview with Deshaun Watson and I've said before, I think I said last episode that football is fascinating, but I don't understand football as well. Like I don't understand schemes and X's and O's that much, but I was watching an interview with Deshaun Watson who plays for the Texans. He's quarterback and he was breaking down like cover four. I think the cover four defense from whoever he was playing and he broke it down so quickly and efficiently. I was like, damn, we don't understand football at all. Like, I feel like with other sports, I feel like with soccer, I feel like with baseball, I feel like with basketball, I feel like even a casual person understands a lot of the game. They don't understand everything, but they understand a lot. But I feel like with football, and part of it is the way football is shot. Like, when you watch football on TV, you're seeing mostly the quarterback you're watching the ball fly through the air and you're seeing the guy that catches it. But you don't necessarily see all the other pieces in action. But when you think about the X's and O's of football, I don't think most people can understand the X's and O's of football. And I feel like this seems like common sense, but at the same time, it doesn't. Because I feel like people, even like people on TV, like they love football. We understand certain plays we understand situations but we don't understand what everyone is doing at the same time what everyone is doing on a specific play and i think that's where football is you know kind of a mystery and i think that's part of what makes it fascinating but it's also something that i am not nearly read up upon to be uh, any type of critical and analyst or have any type of critical analysis. I can tweet some things. I can say some things about football, but not a lot, particularly when it comes to scheme and when it comes to the X's and O's of things. Um, And, you know, I feel like we need to give football players more credit. Like if you think about it, literally every football player, every NFL player went to college, literally every single one, they went to college. And we have this idea that football players are dumb. Yes, some of them had got rules bent for them so they can play for these colleges, but literally all of them went to college and all, most of them, I would say, are probably pretty smart. And they have to be in order to understand this crazy fucking game. Yes, this game is d- dangerous. And yes, this game is probably going to have to evolve, sort of like stand-up comedy is going to have to evolve. Um, but... To understand the X's and O's and all that stuff, I think it takes a lot of brain power to do that. So I think we need to give football players a little bit more credit. And also, pay these damn college players. I'm tired of people thinking that they don't have to pay college players. And I want to give a very simple explanation of my point. Aside from the fact that they generate money from the university, aside from You know, the fact that they need money to survive and a lot of these guys are not, you know, wealthy, especially in football. Leave all of that aside. If I'm in college and I work for the athletics department, if I'm not a student, but I get a part-time job at the athletics department, I'm going to get paid. So if I'm a student at the athletics department and I get paid, why can't the actual athletes get paid? I'm not even on the team. I'm just doing like grunt work for the bosses and I get paid. Why do the athletes who do grueling work and put their asses on the field for school pride, why don't they get paid? Because I'm just working at athletics. I need a check. I'm working for athletics so I can pay rent on my apartment that costs $500 a month and I have five roommates. So... Why do I get paid, but an athlete doesn't get paid? Yes, they get scholarships and stuff, but you're still working. And even if you're poor, if you're not poor, 
it doesn't even matter if these athletes are poor or not. I feel like with football, it's, you know, people who are poor is kind of the 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 reasoning for behind paying players. Like a lot of people are saying most of these football players do not come from wealthy families. They need money. But think about this. If you are Bill Gates's daughter, if you are the daughter of the richest man in the world, or you're the son of the richest man in the world, and you are, you know, 16, you get a job at Six Flags, because Six Flags will hire anybody. You get a job at Six Flags. You are a billionaire in heiress. You are the, the child of a billionaire. You're going to get paid at Six Flags, no matter who the fuck your parents are, right? It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or not. The matter It matters that you're doing a job. Like, if professional athletes are considered doing a job, why are college athletes not considered doing a job? Especially when you're on TV making money for the entire school. In places like, you know, the Alabamas of the world, I'm sure their football revenue like is helping pay for other sports, right? And so they can use the football revenue to play the football team and other sports as well, probably. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think my fear with all these like schools paying athletes is that not every school is going to be able to pay athletes the same. So if you go to like UC Irvine, you're not you're probably not going to be paid the same if you're on the basketball team than Kentucky can pay its players. But they're already paying players illegally anyway, so we might as well just make that shit legal. Pay these fucking players, man. I'm tired of all this. But anyway, one last thing before I head off. I want to talk about Instagram. I know that social media is not important. I know that it's not the biggest thing in my life. I know it's not the biggest thing of life. And there's a real life aspect to life that is not on the internet. But you're using the internet to watch this or to listen to this. If you're listening to this, you have a fucking internet connection. So I don't want to hear any of your bullshit. But... Instagram has been disrespecting me. I do not have the same Instagram features that everyone else does. Like on Instagram, on stories, you can post music, you can ask questions, you can use fun filters. And I have like 75% of the features that everyone else has. And my features seem to be getting taken away from me. So this is like a direct to Instagram. If anyone who works for Instagram is listening to this, Why the fuck can't I use music on my stories? I used to be able to and now I can't. Why the fuck can't I just download a fun filter like everyone else can? If I see a filter, normally on Instagram, if you see a filter that you like, that someone else made, that like Instagram didn't make it but someone else did, you can like download it to your phone or to your app. But I can't do that. I have to follow the person to get their filter on my on my Instagram. I can't just quick download it and move on. But why can't I do that when everyone else can? Why am I not being treated the same way as everyone else? It's like, why would a social media company like Instagram, if you have these features, these admittedly good features, features that make your website, your app better, if you have those things, why aren't you giving them to everybody? Like, why only have a limited amount of people use your best shit? I'm mostly mad about the music because I used to have that and it was literally taken away from me with no explanation. But if you have all, if you have a feature, why not just give it to everybody all at once? Is it that hard to do to just press a button, give everybody all their features? Is that really hard? Because I feel like that's not hard. I feel like if you already had the app and you have all this manpower and all those people working for your fucking company i feel like it's not that hard to just give everybody all the features why only have a limited amount of people use the features but i don't even think it's that limited i think it's like 90 percent of people have the features and just i'm part of a very small minority because everyone i see uses all the features that i don't fucking have but yeah instagram directly to you stop playing with me Stop disrespecting me. 
Give me all the features that everyone else has. I just want to be treated like everyone else. I don't want special treatment. I want regular fucking treatment. I feel like I'm being bullied by Instagram. And it shouldn't feel that way. I should just be a normal Instagram citizen. But I feel like everywhere I turn, every new feature that Instagram gets, they're just like slapping me in the face and saying I can't have it. Stop bullying me, Instagram, please. Um, But yeah, that's all. I, I think this was pretty good. I think this was a pretty good session. Um, I'm trying to get these around weekly, and I might have another podcast centered around Love Island coming very soon, because Love Island Australia is coming in like a couple days. Um, but yeah, I don't know how well that'll go, but fingers crossed we'll have that good to go. But yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for appreciating me. Thank you for listening to an hour of some guy you've never met, because that's really cool. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on your phone, if you're listening to this on your computer, if you downloaded this, like you took the time to download this and take up space and data, are you fucking kidding me? Thank you. Um, but yeah, peace and blessings. Please be safe. Love you. Goodbye.